precious Muji, you are always with me. And this letter is from Brent. Brent, are you here? Aha, yes, I can see you. Can Wonderful. See you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look at that. Thank you. For the past year, you have pointed me to myself, and we have had a wonderful discovery together. For example, when suffering of the mind subtly arises, it foolishly it foolishly reveals itself, and and I and I joy. You said, and a joy at letting it fall away. Okay. Yes. What is left is perfect beauty. And it, it never leaves, meaning the beauty of being never leaves. Yes? Okay. However, what to do when happiness arises? Ah, You see, most people will not question that. Happiness is here. Whoa, enjoy, happy. Very nice. I am sure at times it comes from the ego. Can happiness come from the ego? I would say maybe some excitement may come from ego. Because can real happiness come from ego? So it got me reflecting a little bit. If I am naturally happy, it's like I'm empty. It's like when you're laughing, you cannot think. When you're happy, you are are empty in some way. There's a joy, you're empty. So when you say, I am sure at times it comes from the ego and should be treated no differently than suffering. Could you say a little bit about this? The suffering uh, has been like a path for me. There was so much suffering, Uchi. Much, much suffering. Uh And it forced me... uh, It forced me out. I was forced out of it. Uh, When I found you, when I found... Um, what is, what is real. Yes. When I was able to put down what was not real, uh, life came alive. Yeah. yeah. I don't want anything to steal that. I know it can't be stolen, but I feel sometimes that ideas of happiness, you know, take me in the wrong direction. Uh Um, You know, the... Often a kind, a kind of personal or worldly kind of happiness. They're usually about the future or the ah, past, even, ah, and then that's how I know it's not real. Thank uh, you. If it, yes. Thank you, thank you. It needed that extra comment from you about why you would put happiness in that bracket with ego, and you have just expressed it uh, correctly because you say it. It the happiness is now. You see, I cannot be happy tomorrow or yesterday from the mind. No, the happiness, in a way, in the truth, is always just happy. It's not happy about. It's just happiness, and happiness and myself feel like one. But sometimes the mind comes and says, "Yeah, you know, if you did this and if you prepare for this, you could be really happy like this." And you remember when you were really happy before, when you did this. So this kind of sense of happiness, you're saying, I am not going to fall for it. I am not going to postpone my present happiness to follow some idea about happiness promised 
that is not true and that is not happiness in fact that is the promise of happiness and the search or the promise for happiness can itself mask and eclipse the natural happiness we can think like that that what is in your mind becomes so real that you miss what is really here that you follow what is in the mind and the mind can do this and so uh, it is almost a kind of hypnosis where we are believing something and almost feeling that that is happiness also. So I like that you explained it. No? Now you say about the happiness thing, you see, that happiness which springs from the self, from your natural nature, this happiness is pure. It is synonymous with being. They go together. But the happiness which you initially speak about when you say, however, what to do when happiness arises, I am sure at times it comes from the ego and should be treated no different than suffering. And you explained that the happiness I'm talking about is when the ego mind is promising something. And if you go with it and you start to believe it, then it takes you out of your present moment of consciousness. You are projecting, and you caught it. You have said, yes, I would treat it the same as suffering, because you know what? It's suffering posing as happiness, and you caught it. At other times, I am certain it is now and forever. This is the true happiness. And you see, when I say that none of this need for discernment or for you know watching against complacency none of this could happen spirituality and the journey of consciousness and so on none of this would be possible if it was not permitted to the mind to imitate the self so here is a perfect example of mind imitating happiness yes if you do this you'll be happy if you if you marry this person you'll be happy if you have all this money you'll be happy you see, but you caught it. You know, I am already happy. I may give up my happiness for what reason? Because maybe the mind says, You're happy, but you're not doing anything. Look at your friends. They have Lamborghini. What have you got? A bicycle. You see, and if that plays inside, then someone might think, Yes, maybe I need to be outwardly happy as well. But you have cut all the way through that. Now your final question, how vigilant should I be to discern the difference? I would say continue like that because that vigilance comes from the beingness itself. It is the bodyguard of the being, but it is not a sweaty bodyguardness. You see? It is not straining. It's not on the, it's not on the lookout. It's not going out on night patrol. It just by honoring your truth and your being is sufficient vigilance automatically and spontaneously so that whenever something is not flowing you don't know how but an intuition awakens in you to take a look at it and you will see that life is supporting life taking care of life truth is taking care of truth also 
that unexpectedly some force brings it to you what you need to know. You don't have to go out looking for it. What you need to know comes to you spontaneously. This is the blessing and the beauty of the awakened consciousness. So I can't tell you how much happy I am to hear these things, because you see, each of you have something to offer even to this, uh, these satsangs by just showing subtle things that help us to explore, to expose, to introspect, and to transcend the subtle cunningness and deviousness and deceptions of the mind. Because if you are strongly identified and protective towards the ego, I will say that it will be easier to deceive you than to convince you that you are being deceived, because you have a natural reflex to protect your own vulnerability, which is a double trouble. But you have yourself demonstrated, through this letter and through the conversation we had, to actually clarify something that may have seemed to be uh, a misunderstanding and showed what you mean, and I'm very happy for that. Wonderful, Brent. Thank you, thank you. What was, in, what was important to me about what you have told me is that I don't have to put a tremendous amount of effort and, and work into this, that it is naturally, it yes. naturally is revealed. Yes. It always is, yes. Yes, that is important, because by becoming uh, vigilant, you know, you become a vigilante. You see, you don't want to take on, don't take up any shape. Remain shapeless. You see, as soon as you go into a shape, the mind has something to work against. You can remain shapeless. Uh, don't try to be shapeless. Trying to be shapeless is a shape. Recognize your natural shapelessness as pure awareness, you see. You are um, the invisible inside the visible. You understand that, don't you? <laughs> yes, yes. You are the stillness inside every movement. You are actually the movement and the stillness. You see, only a more uh, refined state of mind and consciousness can grasp this. If I say, you are doing something, but actually you are not doing. You are doing, yet not doing. The one who has contemplated the consciousness can find a way of understanding that. You see? You are, you are the person, and yet you are not the person. The person is only apparent. It is in time. But you are timeless. You are time, and you are timelessness. But timelessness is your eternal nature is your timeless nature. Time is your temporary aspect. You see, you understand these things, and it happens more like that. It becomes a joy, not a task. And so the vigilance that is necessary arises spontaneously out of the consciousness itself. You see? And it is like your inner Zen stick. Whenever something goes out of tune, twang, it comes, and automatically your attention is drawn to it. So we don't have to 
put particular effort into these things, because remember the nature of the self is effortless. That's so not the that's not the same as laziness. The mind will tell you, ah, effortless. No, you're just being lazy. You see? So when it comes like this, it, 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 treat the mind like a friend that comes actually to show you where your mistakes might be made. Uh. Yes. But don't believe him. Just learn from him. <laughs> don't I, don't thank him too much. Just say, oh, good, good. It's good you came. Yeah, yeah. You see? And uh, you, show, you show now where I was still playing with duality and still playing with personhood. And so you bit me here. I thank you for that bite. Good, good. Because that teach me something. This is wisdom, you see. I am thankful for all of the suffering um, that yes. has brought me here. A wise person alone will say that. Only a wise one will say that. Most people will grumble and complain, Why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? You see? And not see that actually it is a blessing in disguise, you see. You have used it. You have made use of it. it. Yes. I would never know this the same without having had that. It it wouldn't be what it is. Thank Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love 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 you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you.